Welcome to In The Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm excited to have Kaz Makepeace on our podcast today, who's the co-founder of whytravelblog.com, along with her husband, Craig. And they help people live essentially better lives, like unplug from the chaos, follow their bliss, travel and create better memories. I mean, that's on the homepage and that's exactly what they do. And so everything that they produce content-wise is around this idea. And if you don't know Kaz, or you're not familiar with this, like uh, this, the travel hacking space or this kind of like, uh, you know, it, it's very interesting space. And I think what's most fascinating is that they've been able to build like a sustainable business while being on the road in and around kind of this travel related stuff. And my wife and I actually traveled around the year, uh, world for like two years. So I'm like, very into this scene. I've read a lot of a lot of Kaz's stuff and I'm really excited to have her on the podcast today just to explore these ideas of how do you build a business while on the road and what does that take? What does the focus look like? You know, just how do you do it? So Kaz, thank you so much for being on In the Trenches with us. Thanks so much, Tom. I'm excited to join you all. Yeah. Y'all, I should say. I'm in the rest <laughs> now, so I'm learning the lingo. There you go. And I know you just uh, hit up Nashville, so, yeah. so you got to work an accent. I do. My daughters are nailing it at the moment. <laughs> That's fantastic. Awesome. So actually, give us a little background on your, your family right now and how are you guys, like, why are you guys in the US and where did you come from? Because I think that's kind of fun to talk about. Sure. So uh, we're Australian. Uh, we have two daughters, they're nine and five. And we have recently got a US business visa for three years. We lived in the US um, previously uh, for four years in Raleigh, North Carolina. And we Absolutely loved the lifestyle here. We are living here and we've been trying to get back ever since. And uh, funnily enough, it was our blog that has helped us come back. And we always had this dream to travel around the country and explore it. And that's what we plan on doing for the next three years and, and writing about our travel experiences here. That's fantastic. So what I want to know about is how with doing all that, you guys are able to kind of build and maintain a successful online business. What are some of the things that you you know, have worked out well, you guys, like when it comes to, you know, generating income from something like this? Yeah, it has taken, um, excuse me, a lot of time to build. We started in 2010 and back then there weren't a lot of travel blogs and no one really uh, was such a new space, no one really knew how to make it work and how to monetize it. So we were doing a lot of trial and error and making a lot of mistakes until we figured it out. But, you know, first of all, and I'm sure everyone's heard it said many times is, building the the platform and the audience and, and from that many doors can open so we've managed to do that we have a lot of authority and expertise in the in the space which has opened up a lot of opportunities so on our site uh, we generate income through affiliate partnerships we partner with tourism boards and brands on different marketing campaigns we have a couple of our own e-products that we sell and we do a little bit of uh, freelance writing as well for for other publications. So they're the main ways that we generate income for blog. Do you find that like trying to do all that while while doing this travel, like does it ever interfere with one or another? Like is it ever like did you ever come up against challenges in that in that context? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, travel blogging is one of the hardest spaces because, and anyone who does have an online business, whether it's a blog or any, anything else, you know that there's a lot of work that goes into it behind the scenes. And when you're traveling, I mean, that consumes so much of your time and energy. We know we could be making so much more money than what we are, but it's a matter of uh, defining what you want from life and working out what your sacrifices are. Mm. And we want to have the travel that kind of takes priority. So that means we, you know, we lose a little bit income, but we've managed to generate an income where we can have both. But we do have to, you know, put some systems in place. We make sure that we, you know, have time in between travel experiences to just stop for a couple of weeks and catch up on work and really just knuckle down and get a lot of stuff done. And because we have been working on this for about seven years now and we've built a lot of content, you know, there's a lot of that automation and things that are happening now, a lot of passive income, which, you know, absolutely helps a great deal for us to be able to manage the travel and continue to travel while we work the business. When you guys were just getting started, what was your first, like, what was the first way you were able to monetize the blog itself? Was it through your own products? Were you doing the affiliate stuff in the beginning? Just curious. And how has that evolved in terms of like what your, what your main focus is now? Yeah, back, I think it was like, oh gosh, I think it was text links back then. Can you believe we used to yeah. do stuff like that? That's we awesome. don't do that anymore. Of course, we know that's a, a big no-no, but back then we didn't know. And then we kind of moved into sponsored uh, content. We didn't do affiliate marketing for some time. We've only really been doing that for a couple of years. And that is one of my biggest regrets, not doing that because, you know, if you build those systems from the beginning, you, you have the power of search engine where that, that can continue to bring income into your content for, you know, years after. So if you have it set up from the beginning, it's a really powerful way to generate that passive income. It took us a lot of time to actually go back and implement an affiliate strategy. And we left a lot of money on the table by not doing that from the beginning. Ah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then, but you found that that's now a very effective strategy for you guys. You have the, as you described it, and I think that's definitely the case, you have you have the experience. Well, you also have the authority in the space in a very, you know, crowded, crowded space. You guys are definitely one of the premier travel blogs out there. So does that give you kind of a nice leg up in terms of, or, or not even leg up, but does that give you kind of a good positioning for affiliate related type products? Yeah, absolutely. Because the trust is there. We're, we're very well established as well. So, you know, we do get a lot of um, traffic that comes through Google and Pinterest. Uh, you know, we are featured a lot in, in various publications and sites, big, big names like Lonely Planet. We were recently a couple of articles about us on Forbes. So, you know, that, that really does having that authority. This is, I think, a challenge for a lot of creators is being able to, you know, as you kind of move toward that and you kind of start to get that authority and you're creating content and people are, are following you, how do you find that balance between kind of maintaining that and still able to, you know, sell products and services? Because I think for a lot of people who are getting started, that's, a, that's kind of a challenge. I don't know if you have any suggestions on that. In selling the products? I, in, in the context of, let's talk about the affiliate piece, you know, because uh -huh. it's, it's very, on the one end you could easily, and I think I've seen this before, people can like just kind of go overboard with it and they sell mm -hmm. too much. So where do you, I guess, where do you find that balance between creating content and, and then, you know, offering for products or services and selling? Like, where do you find that fine line? I think it's, oh gosh, it's a really good question. I think um, we're very careful as to not do too much and we kind of line and promote 
or, or partner with things that we really believe in ourselves and that we really use. If it's not of great quality, we don't share it. I mean, there's been a couple of people recently where I've said, I'm really sorry, you know, I, I, I can't move forward with something we are talking about possibly doing because it wasn't of good quality. And I think just continuing to create really good content that is useful, that people uh, resonate with and actually use to improve their life, then they they just start to trust you because they know that you're always putting out content that's exceptional. And I think don't ever like skimp out on that. And another thing that I think is really important is to be really vulnerable and to be open and just share your story, share your struggles and let people know that you're what you're doing, you're in it for something that's more than you, that you actually have a purpose to really help the people that you serve, your community. And I think that just naturally establishes trust from your community. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge though too is is the I think the tendency to grantor like once you see that, oh wow, this like this was like lucrative way to to make sales or or to generate interest and then and make money from like maybe this one one promotion or something like that. I, I know people who have kind of gone down that uh, trap, unfortunately, and, and kind of gone too aggressively toward that. So I think it's mm. it's definitely what you're saying. It's you gotta if you're leading with the value and you're you're cultivating that relationship with with your readers. I think that's really important, and you can't lose sight of that. No, and I know I have a really strong, I guess, relationship with my email community, mm. and you know they're constantly replying to me and telling me how much they value how I treat them via email, and that they can tell them I'm there, that I offer so much value than they've seen elsewhere before and that I'm really there to help them in some way. And I think that's really important, particularly through email, because that's kind of the only sort of personal communication that we have left where, you know, people can open up to you without the fear of other people listening in. Yeah, that's really interesting. Actually, that's really a great observation. I'm curious now with where you guys are at, I mean, having started quite a long time ago in you know, internet marketing ages, right, uh, or mm-hmm. the internet age, uh, what is working for you right now from a, let's say, just a, maybe a business growth perspective? Or, or what are you doing in terms of, and if we want to break that down specifically, like what's getting you traffic, what's getting you subscribers, if that's like one of your key metrics, like maybe break that down for us and like what's working really well for you right now in that space? Well, well, I'll start with traffic, I suppose. At the moment, Flipboard's working really well for us, Mm. which is just incredible. I don't really have a presence on Flipboard. I don't really use it myself, but uh, content is getting shared on there a lot, and that's bringing really great traffic over to our blog. Oh, interesting. So was that not something you lined up? It was just kind of by... um because you guys created great content, it got found there or yeah. what's the deal? Yeah, I think it, it I think just because it's really useful content and it does the travel related stuff does really well on Flipboard. So people are just flipping it and it's going viral. That's interesting. I didn't even know what it was. I just looked in my Google Analytics and I'm like, what is this Flipboard thing? Because it's bringing a lot of traffic over. So that that's a really good you know, it's usually the current article. So as soon as you first publish something, um, and it's destination focused, good tip, travel tips, that kind of content is really useful and gets shared a lot on Flipboard. Has that influenced how you create content now or are you changing up any of the old content, like the stuff that's getting uh, shown there? Like has anything changed in that regard? 
Not really, because I think we were always kind of generating that kind of content anyway mm-hmm. that works well on Flipboard. It's kind of generally the stuff that we do produce. But we are going back through old content now, you know, to fix it up and optimise it and stuff. And, uh, you know, I'll see if that makes a difference on Flipboard. It's just a matter of testing things at the moment. Very cool. So what does that look like for you guys, like in terms of like kind of coming back to this idea, like the travel aspect of it too, how do you like, I guess, prioritize things in terms of like, so for the remainder of the year, how are you, you know, prepping or building on this? Like, what are your, what are your plans and how do you, how do you approach that topic of planning and, and stuff that happens in the future? Cause you're always on the move. Like that's got to make it tough. So I'm curious to hear kind of your insights around that. Uh, it does make it tough because our life is so, um, uh, different. I think you have to be a certain type of person to be able to manage that and and work out how to manage it. One thing that I'm very, very good at, and I think this is important for anyone, not just in business but in life, I'm very good at making decisions. I can make quick, clear, effective decisions. And I think that comes about as a result of I'm very clear on, I guess, what I'm working for and why. Uh, my message and how I intend to serve and help others so that when things come my way, I can very quickly decide yes or no and move forward. And I think a lot of people get stuck in growth because they can't make a decision. Mm. I know a lot of the stuff happens subconscious like that, that, you know, decision-making and choices. But if you're able, you know, there's something under the scenes then that, that you've a skill or talent that you've developed there to be able to make those decisions. You know, are you able to kind of look at that and say, well, here are the things that I I typically consider uh, to be able to make those choices and move quickly. Like, how do you go through that process of making those decisions? If you can break that down, I know that's a long question. Yeah. And I think for me, I, I can quickly assess and I can work out, okay, how does this fit in with my plan and direction? Uh, what are the pros and cons of this? I guess I look at it in a couple of phases where I generally get an instant feel whether this is something I want to pursue or not. Then I will do a little bit of research to kind of gather the facts. Then I feel once I've gathered the facts, which can be really quite quickly, I make it based upon my gut. I'm just guided by my gut and I'm Mm -hmm. very in tune with my inner voice. And I've worked on that for a very long time. I I meditate daily and I do a lot of inner work, Mm -hmm. I guess, that has a a lot of – clarity building stuff that has really helped me just be able to hear my inner voice and quickly act upon it. And I've learnt through many years and my inner work, I've learned that every time I did not listen to that inner voice, things went wrong and fell apart Mm. every single time. And when I've listened to it, life has flowed. So I just know now that's all I do. I love it. With where you guys are at, like, do you find that the space has gotten more competitive, the travel space. And how has that influenced anything that you guys have done? Yes, I do think it has gotten very crowded. I tend to bother me. I think because, and I've and I said this to other people before when they've contacted me and, you know, and they're worried that everything's been done and they feel like they can't be heard because the space is too crowded. And I say to them, well, imagine if Bruno Mars thought all the songs had been written. So I think is to stop thinking about what everyone else is doing and to find your own unique voice, have a purpose that is bigger than you and just focus on that and just not look at what anyone else is doing. And I guess I just have that belief 
that I'm on the right path and things will continue to work for me mm. because I am on that right path and I am doing good things in the world. Yeah. Have you ever considered with where you guys are at, like, is there anything where you're like, yeah, this is like opportunities that have crossed your path that maybe you couldn't have planned for before and just maybe share some of those with us. Like, I think that's the interesting thing about travel and also blogging and all this stuff, things you couldn't have predicted happen and kind of, and the way you're describing how you're connected and, and how you like focus on the inside game, so to speak of, of how you live and operate. I'm curious about like, what, how has this has opened up any new avenues, any new things you wouldn't have predicted in the past? Oh gosh, I feel like just every sort of week brings something new. There was one very extraordinary thing happened that we would never have predicted. We were invited to the White House a couple of years ago. Oh, to that's crazy. That I mean, attended. It was just insane. We were, we received the email. They were holding their first ever travel summit and were invited to attend, and we thought it was spam. I, I was going to say, like, <laughs> did you not think, like, I would have thought that, that I would think that's fake. How did you figure out it was real? Well, and, and they were asking details like our social security number. So we're like, oh, my God, this is such a scam. So right. we wrote back and we, we wrote something really smart back to them. I can't remember what it was. And then the, the lady from the White House who was in charge of doing this, because I think she had quite a few people respond in that manner, reached out to us and someone else from um, YHA who was uh, part of the uh, program reached out to us as well just to let us know it was actually uh, as we made Australia Fed Income, it was it was true. So, I mean, that was just bizarre. And for us, we were in Australia at the time. We were actually travelling around Australia and we were all the way in Perth. You couldn't get any further mm-hmm. from D.C. And it was, you know, not the best timing for us. Plus, it was expensive for us to go. But that was that was what I call a gift for, for us to something we could not say no to. I mean, you're invited to the White House. That's serious cred. Yeah, I think that's a once in a lifetime type thing for probably most people, and probably a once in a never, you know, time for for most people. So yeah, I'd say that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, and so then we were able to use that, you know, um, well, we were, and then that becomes really powerful and opens up even more opportunities. So cool. And that was something that really helped us to get this three year business visa. So at the time, we didn't, we weren't thinking about that. But this is this is why I trust in life so much. I'm able to look at, you know, kind of like cycles and patterns and connect all these dots and see how things are always supporting us and working in mm. our favour, even at the time we don't understand it. And I've been able to look back on my life and see that happen so many times that now I, I trust so much and just trust in my inner voice and can just, as I mentioned before, make those decisions and, and follow the right path. That's fantastic. You know, I, I, I'm curious, like, have you guys ever considered, like, writing a book or, or going that route, like, anything like that? Oh, I have. I have. I have so many things like <laughs> that. Um, TV, like a travel TV show, that's yep. something that I'd love. We have had people uh, from networks and things reach out to us before. That actually happens quite a lot. But, wow. uh, nothing really sort of follows through with that. That I, I'd love. Um, I love speaking mm. at conferences. That's another uh, opportunity, you know, when it comes my way, I say to. So they're different, um, you know, things I'd love to do that are definitely on my radar and that I'm leaving the door open for those to happen. Yeah. Well, Kaz, I appreciate the conversation today. It's a great insight into what it takes to run a travel blog and do what you've done, which is pretty remarkable. 
Um, I'd love to give you the floor. Where can people reach out to you, find you, learn more about what you're doing, maybe sign up for your newsletter? Uh, the floor is yours. Sure. I'd love for people to come and connect with us. Our website is whytravelblog.com and we have a um, unplugged life and travel toolkit that you can get access over to there. It's to help you unplug from the chaos, mm -hmm. follow your bliss, travel more and create better memories. It's whytravelblog.com forward slash unplugged dash travel dash more. And then you can find us on our social channels. We're on all of them pretty much. And at whytravelblog is our handle for all of them. Make sure to have that in the show notes as well. Thank you, Cass, for being on In the Trenches. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks for all the listeners. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorkis.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.